Um, I'm a type A person. I like having a plan A, B, and C. And that goes completely out the window to where I just had to learn how to be uncomfortable. I, I had to learn um, to not have a plan. And that was very difficult. Um, again, like I had a lot of anxiety to where like I was having like panic attacks because I just felt so out of control and, you know, things are chaotic and they're not in order. And my whole life, I've always had order and things going, you know, to plan. So I had to just learn to like, let go of a lot of that stuff. And like, you know, just kind of getting into like my spiritual spirituality to where, you know, I, ha I have to trust the universe. I have to trust, um, things that I cannot see right now. And I'm going to, you know, just keep moving forward. Um, I, I really just like the adventure of being with my husband and doing all these things. So I think that was really fun just because I was like with my person and my best friend. And instead of, you know, trying to have control, I started just letting things go and, you know, riding the wave is what we call yeah. it. You're listening to Breaking the Ice Podcast, a podcast I created for wives and girlfriends of pro hockey players. My name's Devin Dodero. I'm the wife of Charlie Dodero. We have two dogs, a little boy Crosby, and a baby girl on the way. We spent eight months of the year living the hockey life in Europe, but we've also spent about five seasons in North America. I've been around the block, sometimes just for a cup of coffee, but I wanted to share the tools, resources, and what's helped me along the way while also learning every week from each and every one of you. In this podcast, we share tips, tricks, do's and don'ts for all things women, all things hockey, friendships, trades, long distance, moves, and life in general, so you don't feel so alone. So put your headphones in, go for a walk, and feel like you're sitting down with your best girlfriends. Oh, and make sure to follow the page on Instagram, Breaking the Ice Pod. Let's lace them up and tune in for a new episode every Wednesday. Hello, you guys. Welcome back to Breaking the Ice. I am happy you are here today. This is an episode all about the ECHL. This will be a fun one to listen to for sure, regardless of whatever league you're in. Chances are a majority of us have been in the ECHL or in those minor leagues. If there's any word that pops into my mind when I think of minor league hockey, it is unpredictability and instability. I remember when we played in the ECHL and the AHL, and quite honestly, I never knew what I was in for that week. There were a, were a few years where we were, you know, kind of had stability when we were in Idaho, but there was also a few years where there was a lot of up downs, there was trades, and it was very draining, stressful, and hard on a relationship. I felt like I got thrown into this whirlwind world where I was like, wait a second, like, what is going on? I don't have any control over these situations. I did not really sign up for this. Like, I didn't, you know, when I met my husband, I'm thinking, oh, like, he's just going to play in Boise, Idaho, and this is where he plays, and had no idea that this job would pretty much take us all over the world. I mean, yes, it, it did take us all over the world, but especially in the U.S. Like, I had no idea the lack of stability that I was about to endure. And it was a lot mentally for someone who's always had that stability. Like I've always kind of had this like plan, you know, I 
pretty much lived a semi cookie cutter life where I'm like high school and then I went to college and then and then all of a sudden it's like oh my gosh moving here moving here and having to be apart from the person that I love and not having that feel stable because of hockey not only is it draining on the spouse but it is also extremely draining on the player and we chat about all the things included in this lifestyle. So they spent their time primarily in the ECHL, which side note, she called it the wild, wild west, which is how I will be referring to the ECHL from now on. (laughs) But we, I asked her how she dealt with the unpredictability and what are some tools that she took with her, what she learned about herself going through some of these experiences. And she opens up about how a lot of this sense of feeling out of control led to a lot of anxiety and panic attacks. And we also talk about getting ghosted by teams, which as you probably listened to the little clip on Instagram, this happens a lot and people really don't talk about it very much, but it can be very discouraging for families when you feel like you will be re-signed somewhere and then you are pretty much ghosted or there's really a major lack of communication and it can affect the self-worth of our significant others. So Stephanie shares about a time where they went through that and how this affected them. We also chat about friendships, something I always love to talk about because we understand how our friendships are affected all being together in this lifestyle. So we primarily talk about friendships outside of this lifestyle and also about how your priorities really change change once you have a child. Stephanie and her husband are now living at home. They just bought a house, which is so exciting. And they are finally retired after about five or six seasons of professional hockey, which is something that I think all of us can say that we look forward to someday is having that time to kind of settle down. So she shares with us like the phases that they went through in terms of retirement and what that looked like for them. We also chat about how scary it is honestly for everyone. If you are fortunate to make the decision to go into retirement on your own and just having that thought of kind of like, whoa, wait a second, like, what if we're both unemployed? And like, how are we going to provide for our family? So it can be a really stressful time for a lot of people. So we kind of dive into that. We chat about how the guys can network post retirement. A lot of the time they're, they kind of have this built in network, right? Whenever they go to a new team, but once they're retired, and they're out in the quote, real world, as people like to call it, you know, they kind of don't always know how to start up those conversations with people that are not hockey players or just people that are in maybe a new field that they're going into. So we chat about that. And then I asked her the golden question of does she miss when her husband goes on away games? So this was a fun episode. Stephanie is just has a positive energy about her that is really gravitating. So I hope you enjoy If you're listening, let us know what you think. Share to your story. This is how other people actually find the podcast, and it's very helpful. I always like to see, like, where you guys are listening from and what you're doing while you're listening. So have a great rest of your day, and I'll catch you next week. (laughs) 
how old is your son? He turned two in November. Oh my gosh. Okay. So they're like literally the same age. Yeah. Close to, I think your son's age. So, you know, toddlerhood. What day in November? 11, 11, 11. No way. When was yours born? Well, no, but 11, 11, that's like, that's like good karma. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> well, yeah, it's, it was actually crazy. Cause it was like 11, 11, 2020. So I'm like, okay, this is crazy right now. Like this is a crazy birthday. And I hope he realizes that when he's older. <laughs> have you, have you like looked that up at all? Like the meaning of, I feel like there's, there's gotta be like something within that. You know what? It's funny because I've, not recently, but like over the last couple of years, like I've became like a super spiritual person and Arthur was a surprise baby. So he was a Valentine's day baby. So it's been like really crazy to how that actually panned out to be born on 11, 11. Cause I actually had like dreams before we even got pregnant that I like saw him and like knew he was in the picture somewhere. It was oh really crazy. Oh my gosh. Yeah, wow. Absolutely. That's so interesting. They say that like mediums and stuff say that they start showing up like in your dreams first before. 100%. Like when they're close, like when they're close to your fields, like what they call it or whatever, like when they're close to like wanting to be earthside, they like start showing up in your dreams and stuff. It's crazy. If you're into that kind of thing. (laughs) Oh, I'm, that's what I live for. That's what I live for. And it was crazy because I had a dream in December so vividly. I'll never forget it where I was like, that was weird. And then the night before we found out I was pregnant, I actually had like a really crazy, weird dream that I was like, this is really bizarre. And I was like showing a pregnancy test and I'm like, what? Like, oh my gosh. Yes. And I woke up, I was not feeling good. I thought it was hungover. Um, and I looked at my husband and I said, we got, we got to go get a test. <laughs> oh my gosh. That oh, is insane. Yeah. I love it's that. Crazy. I love talking yeah. about stuff like that. Like I just I had such it. a long conversation with my friend here today about just like, just mediums and spiritual stuff. And it's like, it's so nice when you like talk to someone yes. else that's interested in it because you're like, okay, you get it. Like, you know. It's not the crazy eyes where people yeah. are like, okay, that's what, and I'm like, I live behind this stuff. Like a hundred percent. It's defined yeah. everything. Like, I know that's like my husband. He's like, okay, Devin. I'm like, you just not in touch with your spiritual side. It's fine. You'll learn. <laughs> Which is funny because my husband was like the same thing, like not a religious guy, not into like anything voodoo. Um, and a couple years later, like he's low key bringing crystals into the locker room and I'm like, does anyone know about this? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're like, and this is why you're winning these games, honey, is because of the crystals. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think he started like seeing my journey and was like, okay, like yeah. something's happening and it's cool and I'm interested. So yeah. Oh, I love that. Well, but. I'm excited to talk to the very top of my notebook wrote. The ECHL, the Wild Wild West. I was seriously dying that you said that because it is so true. So I'm excited to just dive into like your journey and everything ECHL today. (laughs) I love that. And like, honestly, thinking about it, hockey life's the Wild Wild West. Like you can think you can predict and plan. And it's funny, you know, like the saying, like you make plans and God laughs. And I'm like, 
he probably got a real good one out of us. <laughs> yeah, you make plans in the hockey life and God laughs, like good one. <laughs> so when I think of the ECHL, I always think of unpredictability, like you're up, you're down, you can get traded, there's zero security. And obviously the goal when you're in the ECHL is to like move up. That's the goal for anyone until you make it like to the NHL. I think that's everybody's dream is to play in the NHL. So I'm going to hit you with the big question right off the bat, but how did you deal with like the, the unpredictability in that league? Cause it can be really, really hard for a lot of people. It's really, really hard. And I had no idea what to expect. So those hard times were extremely difficult. Um, like I experienced a lot of anxiety and a lot of change and things that were just out of my control. So I really leaned on my husband. He was really good. You know, like he knew this was different for somebody who didn't know anything about the hockey world. And I leaned on him a lot. I leaned on my hometown friends. Um, we both come from supportive families. So it was kind of just leaning into the people that loved you and that were genuinely there for you. Um, mm -hmm. And then I kind of just found more things out about myself to where, you know, I started embracing the journey where I'm like, okay, well, this is what we're doing and let's see what happens. Let's see what comes out of this. You mentioned your family. How did they take in the hockey life? Because I have things to add like on my family too. Cause I think that's something I've actually never really like got into super deep on the podcast before. But like, I think that a lot of people's families can sometimes feel like, are you sure this is like the right, not the right person, 100%. but like the, this life, like this is like a lot, you know, how did your family like absorb everything that you guys were going through? So they were very, you know, kind of like you're saying, they had no idea what to expect. They just had judgments and that's fair. Um, I come from a really tight knit family. So it was more about like, Hey, we're looking out for you. And who's this hockey player? Like hockey <laughs> players, what? Like you think that's a serious thing. And um, I'm like six months later, I'm moving in with my boyfriend at the time to like a different state. And they're like, hold on, like, what's going on? Like, are you in this like La La Land? And it was really frustrating because, you know, I, when I met my husband, it was love at first sight. Like I knew, wow, that's my husband right there. And I dove right in and I saw who like him for who he was. And, you know, he's such a genuine guy and he's nothing like those stereotypes. So yeah. <laughs> it was a lot. It was very frustrating. And it kind of just took time to like my family getting to know my, my now husband and mm -hmm. kind of just them watching our journey and seeing how everything's playing out for us. Yeah. Did you guys have like a lot of ups and like, uh, call ups and send downs and trades or anything like that, that you had to go through? So literally I went on, um, the first date with my husband and a week later he got called off to the AHL and I'm like, okay, so this means like you're going to where and for how long? And it's, I don't know. I don't yeah. know. I can't tell you. Right. So I'm thinking like, all right, this is kind of fun. We had our first experience right off the bat of like a long distance situation where, um, I think it was like 24 days I counted where we didn't see each other. So to me, that was a really good test of time. 
um, to where like, what's our relationship going to be? Like, is this going to go through? Or are we going to fall off? And so that was kind of like my, the very first taste of the craziness. Yeah. So um, one of the biggest things that had happened, and I know I'm kind of jumping right into it, was Jump my in, husband played for the same team in the ECHL for five years, which is actually a very unique situation because if people don't know the ECHL, it's strictly one-year contracts. So that's a big deal to be able to stick with like one organization for five years. And um, it was, you know, the last season was good. They made it to game seven of playoffs, took a brutal loss. Um, It was a lot. And, you know, my husband had good relationship with the owners, the coaches. I mean, five years is a long time to work and be with people every day. And, you know, come off season, they completely ghosted him, ghosted him, didn't hear from them from weeks and, or from the coach. And we're still living in the team apartments. Cause we were living there full time. Finally, my husband got a hold of the coach and I didn't know what was that in the conversation. All my husband said was he acted like he didn't know who I was and why was I calling him? So it was a crazy situation where, you know, my husband's a nice guy. He, he cannot say a bad word about anybody. It's actually kind of irritating. And (laughs) I'm like, I've never seen him. Like he looked like he saw a ghost from that conversation where I'm like, what the heck is going on? I felt so bad. Um, and he like, you know, he felt really hurt. And then he told me what happened and I was really hurt. I'm like, I'm like pissed off. No, I was just going to jump in and say, I think that like, that's relatable to a lot of people because I think that happens more than people really discuss is that you feel like maybe you're on the same page with a team or like a GM and you have this good relationship. But then when it comes time to resigning, like they have something else in their mind. And I feel like it's just really shitty when there's no communication. It's like, I think that everyone would almost rather appreciate like a blunt you know, Hey, like this isn't working out because X, Y, Z, so they can have some clarity. Otherwise it's just like, like it does, it is hurtful. Like it does feel like a slap in the face. Like, especially if you've been with an organization for such a long time. Yeah. And like, exactly like you said, um, there were relationships with the CEOs, um, the coach, all the management. I mean, like I even did, you know, it was like, Hey, like we are, this isn't just like a work thing. Like I'm, I'm here talking to you guys every day. And you know, my husband worked his ass off. He put his body on the line, had multiple concussions. He played his ass off during playoffs injured, you know? So he's putting his physical body on the line and it really didn't even come down to the decision. It just came down to like, you don't respect this person enough to just give him a conversation you know, like you said, it's like, you can think one thing is all good. And and the next day it's completely different story. It was actually shocking. It was shocking to a lot of people. Like no one saw it coming. And, um, and like I said, it wasn't even about like, Hey, we have to move forward. It was like, they completely ghosted him. That was like a huge pivot point in our experience with hockey to where, you know, he's like, I don't know what to do. Like, I think I'm just going to be done. Like I'm feeling bad about myself. Like I thought, you know, and like you said, it's you go in the ECHL because 
you want to move up. And my husband was at the point in his career where, you know, he had lots of injuries and he kind of already passed that point in a way. So he was just feeling discouraged. And ironically, um, the, like within, it might've been the same day that phone call happened. He had received an email from their biggest rivalry, the owner of the biggest rivalry of Toledo, which is Fort Wayne Comets. It was okay. the nicest email. I'm like, it was, I, w- I ended up reading it and I was like, wow, the owner just said the most amazing, nice things about you as a hockey player. And why didn't that come from the team you just gave everything to the last five years? Yeah, so that must have been like really validating though, in a way, like, okay, I'm actually like deserve to have a contract and maybe it wasn't personal, but I feel like sometimes people just don't have like the skills to have those hard conversations. You know what I mean? And I think that's what it was. I like to give them the benefit of the doubt, you know, maybe it's just the skills or they don't value that type of moral to have. I don't know what, I don't know. It was weird. So it's funny. And I'm like, wow, that's a really nice email. Uh, my husband immediately deletes the email and I, you know, things are weird right now. It's a weird, you know, we're hurt. There's a lot of emotion. Things are sensitive. And, you know, we, t- we took a couple of days and we were kind of just silent about it. And a couple of days later, I was driving home from work. I had a really long commute and that email was like weighing on my heart. I was like, I cannot get this email out of my head. Why? So I finally walk into our apartment and I just start crying. Um, I think obviously with hockey being so up and down, like the emotions just come out when they do. And that's all I'm like, this is, I don't know how to control this. And I just said, I said, please, I'm like, can you just, just have a conversation, just have a conversation with someone who thinks so highly of you? Like, why not? And he finally gave in. He's like, I will have a conversation. So that, and it all went good. And then, you know, other coaches started reaching out to him and he felt, he started feeling good and like, okay, like I got this, this is just a really big change. And, you know, no one, no one knew about this. Our family didn't know. We didn't say anything to anybody because we didn't know. And then, you know, how it goes, all the questions come pouring in. Well, what's going to happen? What are you going to do? Is he going to, and it's, I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) The question. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I think, yeah, I mean, sometimes they just need that push from us, right? Like I remember there was one time where Charlie was kind of like, not sure what he was going to do with hockey. And we knew we weren't going to go back to Idaho. And it was like that weird time. And I was like, why don't you try Europe? Like, what what do you have to lose? Like, you know what I mean? Because, you know, you do get to a point in the ECHL where you're like, okay, you know, my body's slowing down or like, it's just a grind. Like it's a grind. Let's just be honest. And so that was kind of like where he was at and he was like, not wanting to do the up down anymore. And I was like, just, you know, I was trying to push him and encourage him to be like, just try this Avenue. So sometimes they need us to give them, give them that little push. (laughs) (laughs) Otherwise they would just be like, no. But so then he wound up signing the, with that team. And then they won the Kelly cup the next that year, right? The Kelly cup. And you're so right because 
it's like they don't realize it but we like the wives and girlfriends first off um we love them they are our best friends and i know a lot of other girls that i have met like they really they're ride or dies you know these relationships they're not for the week um i know a lot of us know that it can be very difficult and it all comes down to like we just love our guys and we see things that maybe they can't see where it's like you know I don't want anyone crossing you. Like you're going to cut my husband. Like I'm <laughs> with your biggest rival in the Kelly cup. And that's exactly yeah. what happened. <laughs> that is so funny. Oh my goodness. Yeah. yeah that's... And it, it, it was shocking. Like everyone was like, Oh my God, like this is a big deal. Yeah. Um, they both and that must've been... felt good too. <laughs> oh, like, and I don't think people even know how deep, the meaning of winning a championship like that was for my husband and his whole hockey journey. And then everything that like I went through with him and for the championship, it was a really big deal. Like get that full circle moment. Just, it just makes all those really hard times and things that we've been through. Like, it was like, okay, yes. Thank you. What has like the unpredictability taught you about yourself too? We learn so much about ourselves in this lifestyle. Like as hard as it is, I have grown so much in the last nine years, which obviously this is like a pivotal time in our lives, regardless, like the, the you know, the mid twenties, thirties, like it's, it's a pivotal time. Like there's a lot of growth that happens regardless, but then I feel like if it coincides with hockey, it's just like, you really have to like depend on yourself and learn how to be independent and a lot of things. Um, I'm a type a person. I like having a plan a B and C and that goes completely out the window to where I just had to learn how to be uncomfortable. I, I had to learn, um, to not have a plan. And that was very difficult. Um, again, like I had a lot of anxiety to where like I was having like panic attacks because I just felt so out of control and, you know, things are chaotic and they're not in order. And my whole life, I've always had order and things going, you know, to plan. So I had to just learn to like, let go of a lot of that stuff. And like, you know, just kind of getting into like my spiritual spirituality to where, you know, I, I have to trust the universe. I have to trust, um, things that I cannot see right now. And I'm going to, you know, just keep moving forward. Um, I, I really just like the adventure of being with my husband and doing all these things. So I think that was really fun just because I was like with my person and my best friend. And instead of, you know, trying to have control, I started just letting things go and, you know, riding the wave is what we call it. Were there certain things that were like triggers for you that would, that would kind of spiral your anxiety? Yeah. So a lot of it too was like you said, we're in our mid twenties. A lot of things are happening. A lot of things are changing. And I had to kind of figure out like where my career stood with, you know, trying to be on this adventure and be with my husband for hockey. So that was very difficult because it was going against the norms. And, you know, I had a great full-time job. I completely quit that job and said, you know what, like, I'm going to walk away from this for a little bit. And it was the best thing I could have done because I was able to kind of focus on myself a little bit and then establish, you know, like part-time career 
in, you know, Ohio at the time and then, you know, picking up back in Indiana. But that was very hard for me because I felt like a a lot of people were judging me. Like, what do you mean you're not working? So Mm -hmm. that was hard. Mm -hmm. And, you know, starting to like realize where my friendships stood, where, you know, it's like, I am a long distant friend now and I am missing out on things. And that gave me a lot of anxiety because I Mm -hmm. still... I wanted to have my friendships and be with my husband. Mm-hmm. So totally. those things are really hard. Yeah, no, I can totally relate to that. I mean, still, I think you guys are obviously retired now, but it, when I see my friends doing things, like there's a huge part of me that's like, gosh, like I just wish I was there. I wish I was able to join in. And I see like a lot of these like group outings that I just feel like I'm on the outside. And when you go back home, you feel like you have to, kind of make up for all this lost time and it, you can kind of feel like an outsider almost because you're you're a little bit removed like it's kind of like out of sight out of mind in a way because it's harder to like have those conversations and stuff like that as often when you're not in the same place no it's it's a hundred percent true and um that was kind of you know, that was like a trigger for me because it's like, you want to be in 10 places at once. And then it's like, when you do go home, you know, it's like, you're being pulled in a hundred different directions and it's exhausting. And then you feel guilty no matter what you do. And it's like, people are like, Hey, like, I'm kind of like mad you were home and I didn't know. And it's like, I was here for like a special occasion or, you know, it was a quick turnaround. So that's really hard. Did you feel like you saw, I love talking about friendships because I think it's something so many people want to hear about too, like in this hockey life, because, you know, it's such a community, like only the people in it really understand it. So we go through a lot of the same like experiences with our friends, with our family, with like outsiders, with anyone in general. But did you feel like your friends had a hard time, like understanding the decisions or the choices that you were making? Yeah, for sure. And, you know, I think a lot of that just does stem from like, hey, I've known you my whole life and I love you. And this is kind of scary for both of us. So it like I did feel, you know, some judgment. And then I had friends who were super supportive and like rooting for me. So I kind of just let those good, strong friendships. I kept those ones kind of closer to me. And then, you know, maybe the ones like where I kind of got like a little outside view where, you know, maybe those ones just fade away over time and it's nothing bad, but it's just, you know, you have to prioritize like your true strong friendships and the ones that are willing to like, let you go on your, your own journey and let you grow as a human and they're cheering for you. So I kind of just like hung on to those types of friends and things kind of work their own way, you know, where friends might sink, but then it's like, you're making room for new friends, maybe, you know, like hockey friends. So that's kind of like, I try to look at it that way. Yeah. I love that. I think there's full circle moments with people too. Like if you have kids at the same time and that's like, you kind of reconnect and stuff like that. So that's always nice. Yeah. You're right. I think it's good to just focus on like the people that are supportive and everything like that. I think I find myself even, even though I am removed, it's harder for me to stay in touch too, almost because I feel so far away and I'm so busy and you get kind of caught up. Whereas like, if you are back home and you are in your hometown, it's easier to make time for that because you're right there or it's easier to meet up. But it just, it sometimes can feel a little bit harder to like check in when you're not 
totally. And I know with like your time zones and just motherhood, mm-hmm. like what is time to yourself, let alone like time with your friends. It's so difficult where, you know, like luck, if you can go through motherhood and pregnancy with friends who are also going through that, it's like, you guys totally get it. Like, yeah, you know, I'm texting them four days later because, Hey, I started texting you and then the two-year-old and I yeah. got distracted. <laughs> You're like, you don't even need to explain. I get it. I'm doing the exactly. same thing. <laughs> so there it's hard, you know, and it's, it's like you grow up and life's all about friends and then you get in your twenties, things are changing. And then it's like, you throw hockey life in there and it's like, it can be difficult, but it's good too, because you know, the friends that come through and they stay by your side, those are extremely special friendships. As a mom now, I totally realized that like the people and my friends that were moms before me, I felt, and you don't know till you know, right. But I felt like, oh, I feel so awful that I wasn't like there for them or I didn't understand. But then again, I didn't understand. And I think it's kind of interesting. Just, it's an interesting take for people that are listening that a are moms or a are not moms, but like, oh yeah, but it's so true what you're saying. It's like, how do you know? You don't know. You don't know. And then you become a mom and then it's almost like there is a point in your friendship with someone where there is like a little bit of a drift when you become a mom and it's not personal because you love those people. It's like, I felt that when my friends became moms, I felt a drift and it's sad. And I think that some of my friends that are not having children yet, they probably feel that drift from me, but your kids become such a huge, I mean, it's like your whole life in the current moment that it's like, you can't relate on that level. It's funny too. And like you said, it's, it's weird because, you know, we're moms, we're postpartum, we are not ourselves. It's hard to show up for ourselves a lot of the days, let alone like to show up for a friendship. And like mm-hmm. you said, it's not a personal thing. Um, like, uh, a it's a bandwidth. It's a bandwidth. It's like, I don't have the bandwidth because I'm so tired or whatever, you know? Yeah. Or it's like you are in survival mode and you're trying to get through the day and be the best mom and take care of a kid and you're not sleeping and um, you're solo parenting. So it can be difficult. And like you said, it's not personal. It's just, you're, we're going through the season of life where our friendships are not the priority. And that's not to say they're not special or like, you don't love that person. Um, it's just, you know, like you're not even feeling like yourself most days. So it's hard to show up how, you know, how you want to for your friends. And I was kind of like the first mom out of my friend group. And so it was weird because, you know, of course, everyone's happy for you and congratulating you and how's the baby. And it's like, ask me how I am because I'm not okay. And I need love (laughs) and support. And you don't know that I need that, but I do. Mm -hmm. And you don't know that until, you know, you go through it. So it can be hard. And like I said, the real friends, it's just like hanging on to those that like, they know what you're going, kind of what you're going through. And mm-hmm. it's okay if you don't talk for a couple weeks and then you pick right back up and there's no resentment or keeping yeah. score type of thing. Yes, totally. And that's such a good, strong point to make is that when you become a mom, your friendships are not the priority. And that's just what it is. And I think when you're not a mom, your friendships are a priority and it's a shift in any relationship. It's like totally like before I had kids, it was like, you know, my, my husband, my boyfriend, like 
at the boyfriend at the time and then my friends that that's what I was you know yeah. all about and then it's like it's just this a dynamic switch that it doesn't mean it's forever but you're in a season of life where you're just in the thick of it and it's yeah so no and it's kind of just you know making sure that you have friendships that you go through with all the seasons of your life whether it's like marriage motherhood or gaining a little bit more independence back from motherhood and it's all about just respecting people in their own journey too you know I my friends who are mothers I respect them where it's like hey I'm here if you need me and don't feel like you got to text me back yeah (laughs) yeah exactly so you had your son while you guys were still playing hockey right Yeah. So we, um, we're both from Michigan and we ended up having my son in Indiana in the middle of the pandemic. So it was really crazy. We didn't even know if hockey season was going to happen. Um, but we were really just like hoping it would and praying and said, you know, let's just go to Indiana and just plan on it happening and hope for the best. So it was kind of, it was just a weird time in the world because, you know, COVID was very active in Michigan and we have all our family in Michigan. So it's like, well, why are you going to Indiana to do this? People didn't understand, you know, that was our home at the time. And that's where we were comfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, the COVID restrictions weren't as crazy where it's like, I knew for sure my husband would be in the room with me yeah. and I just knew for sure, like they wouldn't make me put a mask on. Cause I was very, it was just a really hard time to be pregnant. So we had my son in Indiana and it was just my, my husband and I, and it was actually like a really intimate, beautiful moment. Um, it kind of, you know, and our family did come and visit us, but it was kind of just like the three of us. And it was cool because, you know, hockey really does add like really tight knit family foundations and values because it's like, you're relying on each other and it really just strengthens your family family in a way. So it was a very, it was, I had a great experience and, um, the team was amazing to us. Like we knew if we needed anything, they would help us out and they had flowers for us. So we did have a really good experience, even though it was like COVID and totally, totally. And I mean, I'm right there with you. Like I had a COVID baby too. And it was uh, like, I think anyone that was pregnant has been pregnant in the last two years, like, you know, that extra stress that was added on during that time. And it's, it's, unfortunately, it's not how anyone I think envisioned like a time to be pregnant. Like people couldn't have baby showers and like just the hospital restrictions and stuff like that. But I think everything happens for a reason. And there's like a reason why that was the right time for everyone that went through that at that time. Like there was a reason for it. Yeah. When you guys, so when you guys signed in Indiana, did you, was that your last year of playing? So my husband did kind of go back and forth, like with retirement after playing for Toledo and he knew he wasn't done yet, but he knew like we were, he was getting to that point just because of injuries and he was getting older and we were planning like a wedding and we were going to, you know, want to have children. So he just wasn't done yet. And he, we went into, you know, into Fort Wayne with a really open mind and just saying, you know, he, he was here to win a championship and that's what we wanted to do. And he was going to work his ass off to do that. So unfortunately that first season, it was like so much fun, great group of people. We were living our best life. And then the pandemic happened. So the season did not finish. 
So mm-hmm. then, like we said, that following year we had our son, they, they were able to have a delayed season that year. Um, and we kind of knew going into that season, you know, if it was going to even happen, he was, he had to do it because a lot of ECHL teams did not play that year. And unfortunately, yeah. like that drove guys into retirement and that sucked for a lot of players. I actually, we knew a lot of players that ended up going into retirement, not by their choice. And I think that's really hard for people. So we didn't want to take anything for granted. Um, but I think we went into that season knowing it was kind of going to be the last. So you were like nearing being ready anyways. Yes, exactly. And it had to do more so just because, you know, my husband is a father now and he wants to teach his kid to skate and not be hurt or unable to do that. Um, and, and, you know, he was kind of, past that point where, you know, he, he wasn't going to go to the NHL or AHL mm-hmm. probably even at that point to where he didn't really have anything to prove. He just wanted to go give it his best, make it yeah. you know all that he could. And, you know, I, I did too. I went to every single game. I traveled with a six month old by myself to just make the best of it. And, you know, we did all the fun playoff jackets and I did some like custom, you know, hoodies and onesies for my son. And I was just so just, I just knew it was going to be the last season. And I, I wanted to make it like the best and put my, my full effort into it. Yeah. I love that. And that's nice to go out like that, I think. And like you said, there's so many people that don't get to choose when to go out. And I think exactly. that can be really hard. And that's not to say that making that choice isn't hard too, because I think no one always like people don't always know what's on the other side of it. Like it's like, exactly. This is kind of their identity and they have to start over. So was that transition, regardless of the fact that you guys did choose like, okay, this is, you know, we're, we're kind of done. Was that a hard transition for your husband? It was, um, my husband, you know, if they could play hockey forever, they would, obviously I'm sure a lot of people like, yeah, Charlie's like, there's like, there's a guy in like this one league that he's like 55 or something. I'm like, yeah, if you think you're playing, like you're 55, like you might want to like, yeah, different like, cause that's not yeah. happening. And you know, like it comes to a point, like where the party's just over. It's, it's exhausting. <laughs> it's a very fast paced life. Um, the, um, it's just like unpredictable and you know, I was struggling. I, you know, being away from family with a newborn and mm-hmm. we had like crazy COVID restrictions. It was very mm-hmm. isolating. And, um, I, I struggled just as a lot of new moms do. And I think that kind of spooked my husband to where he's like, yeah, we need more help. Like we can't just keep making you go through this. Like it's too much. And, you know, it kind of just came down to like, what's ultimately best for our son. And that was just being that close to family and having like a little bit more of like a normal lifestyle to where it's more predictable, where I can have support as a mom. Um, Cause it's just hard. And I felt like I wasn't showing up as the mom that I wanted to be. And, you know, my husband knows I've dreamed of this my whole life and here it's happening and I'm struggling. It's hard. And <laughs> I mean, totally. I know that's motherhood, but it's just, you know, like I needed my mom, my husband's mom, she helps us out a ton. So it was, it was a very hard transition too, because it's like my, my husband only knew hockey. He never went to school, never got like a college degree. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and just full transparency, it's a hard economy. Um, it's hard to find like a good job and things are really expensive right now when inflation, you know, that was a very difficult thing where it's like, where do we even start to like keep up with this, you know, world that we're in right now. Um, yeah. so it was a, it was an exciting transition, but once the new kind of, you know, oh, we're back in Michigan, like wore off, things got hard because, you know, my husband's trying to be a provider and I'm at home with my son and he's a fish out of water in like a whole different world. Yeah. I appreciate you sharing all of that. Cause I know that's like really personal, but I just want you to know that that's very relatable to myself and to, uh, to other people that are listening to this because everyone gets up to a point where they're done or they're going to be done soon, or that's like in the near future. And I think that it's scary for everyone because like from our perspective as a wife, it's like, I'm not working because I'm following you and then you're going to stop and you're not going to be working. So how are we supposed to like be paying a mortgage or, you know, like, like, like you said, it's, that's this economy right now, inflation, like everything is so expensive. How are we going to live? You know what I mean? Like, what if we're both unemployed? Like, what if it takes a while for us both to find jobs? Like it's a very, stressful thing. And I think it's, there's a lot of couples that are, they're ready to retire and they're kind of done, but that next step is really overwhelming. Like, I mean, we're for sure kind of in that point too, where it's like, I think we'll probably do another year or two, but then it's kind of like, well, we need to start thinking about this because this is actually like pretty close in the future. And, but it's scary because it's, well, what if something terrifying. <laughs> yeah. Like what if, it's what totally if terrifying. so how did he like navigate that kind of provider role? Because I think all men want to be providers for their families. And when they don't feel like they're doing that, it can, it can not, it's, they don't feel good. Right. Totally. And, you know, like you said, you can plan mentally and emotionally, and you really can't plan for anything in life. I feel like, you kind of just have to take one step at a time, try to just think your decisions through. Um, and it's hard, but we kind of had a minute where we're like, okay, this is kind of scary. We don't know what our future holds, but you know what? Like we do, let's try to build what we want. Like, let's try to make choices that will, you know, hopefully like put everything together. So we, you know, were able to find a place to rent to start. And he started just networking with a lot of people. I really high, like highly recommend just, you know, networking with anybody. You never know who you're going to talk to. And my mm-hmm. husband met people through hockey that he was able to network with and, you know, like a business type of way. So he found a job and he started like getting experience in sales. And it was a really, the hours sucked. Right. Cause it was like, he was just starting, he had to start somewhere and, um, it was hard. Like you said, it's like, they want to take on that provider role and now they're the fish out of water and they're uncomfortable and it's scary and you have a family to support and mm-hmm. it's just like, things are expensive and, you know, people don't realize, you know, hockey players and families, like we're not millionaires. We work just as hard as other people. There was that transition that was very hard and, um, 
I had a point where I looked at him and I said, do we just do another year hockey? Because I, I don't know if like we can handle this. This is like kind of scary. And <laughs> I kind of felt bad, but he's like, no, he's like, we, he's like, I'm not going to run away from this. It's going to happen. It's already happening. We're fine. Like it's, we're getting through this and things really do work out. If you just let, you know, the universe play its role where he ended up getting into a different job with his first job's experience. And that really was like a good thing for him. He finally felt like he found his place. You know, he's gaining his success. He's, he is supporting his family. Um, I actually ended up going back to work part-time, which was the best decision for me because I was used to being that stay-at-home mom and mm-hmm. it got to be too much for me where I just, you know, I wanted my identity too. So we were able to really kind of figure things out over time and just kind of like ride the wave. Like I said, it's just, you know, things are really hard right now and let's just work hard to, you know, try to just keep planning better for our future and things really do work out. I don't know how, but you know, now we're here almost two years later, we just bought our first house. Congratulations. Um, Thank you. It was so exciting. It was such a miserable process. Um, the house market, it sucks. I'm like, we got bad timing. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I'm sure it feels so good to just like lay roots and be like, we're done. We can find the stability. And like, I mean, I look forward to like finding a job and like finding my place. Like, I mean, I think like you said too, networking is so important. I think like for guys, they have that automatic networking through their team, but I think it's like you throw them out into the world. They're just kind of like, yeah. How do I like have these conversations? And like, I tell Charlie all the time, cause he's, he does real estate and like, but it's all referral based. Right. So when you're first getting started, it's kind of like difficult to get clients and stuff. I'm like, you literally just have to talk to people. And he's like, but I don't even know what to say. I'm like anything like, I, cause I'll be at the airport and I'll start talking to someone in line. Cause it's just like, you just, and then all of a sudden this person owns a company and they want to hire another. And it's like, that's how you make these connections. It's just by like putting yourself out there. Even if you're in that hard, like transition place of retirement. Totally. And like I said, it's like the roles kind of reverse where, you know, we're the wives and girlfriends and we're kind of like the fish out of water and this like weird hockey scenario and then all of a sudden it's like turned around where they're Mm -hmm. the fish out of water they're uncomfortable they're in like a new environment and I think that's where like we come in to where we're like hey like it's all gonna work out you can do this like it's Mm -hmm. all gonna be fine and um yeah so life slows down and it's like we can join those family gatherings and have more time to just relax a little bit like now my husband and I were like in bed at like nine o'clock and I'm like you're like you'd be playing a hockey game right now could you even imagine that and here's a real question for you do you miss him going on away games sometimes (laughs) oh my god I so I miss my alone time totally yes I started glamorizing him going on away games so like where my alone time was my time, I would get ice cream, I would sit on the couch, go on social media, guilt free to where, you know, like you learn to really value that time. And sometimes that is something that I deal with with retirement is, you know, I'm, I'm always with my our son Arthur, and I'm at home taking care of you. And like, 
where's my space? Like I need, I want like a night off, you know? Totally. <laughs> I miss totally. it. Yeah. So if you, if you have that little alone time, just enjoy it, make the best of it, like glamorize it. Cause it's not gonna, it's not going anywhere. Right. Yes. It's just funny how things reverse over time, but <laughs> yeah, for <laughs> sure. Man, you know, when you get like established and you get your feet on the ground, like us getting into our house, it was a full circle moment where we were like, wow, we came this far. This is amazing. And we, how does it feel? And- it feels good. Like oh. you feel like, oh, thank God. Like we're re- We, we needed this. It's like, it's kind of been like life changing because all of our stuff is finally in one place. Like I, my husband and I, we finally have the same address and our driver's license, like where it's amazing. And, you know, people take that for granted to have that stability and predictability and um, just planning our roots somewhere and calling it home for good. So yeah. it's amazing. It's so worth the transition. Um, any change is going to be hard, but you know, you get to choose what you make of it. And it just, it all comes together and it's been really, really nice. I'm like, you know, this next chapter, it's, it's just been different. Like it's wow. Oh, I love that. That's amazing. And I'm happy for you guys. It sounds like you're ready. You're starting to like find your groove and find your footing with this next chapter. So that's just awesome. And thank you for coming on and just like being so open about everything really it's just relatable I think well thank you so much for having me I was you know this was kind of like stepping out of my comfort zone a little bit and I miss hockey and I love it I love your page I think it's amazing what you've done for so many of us girls to feel like wow like I'm not just alone here so it's been super fun and I just you know really good things can come out of bad things so you know, it's like yeah. those full circle moments, just trusting those.